Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We are barreling on, literally, um, with um, a breaking bad run to um, season five, episode ten. We've hit double figures for the season for the first time, obviously. Um, and uh, this is a buried great episode. This one, um, lots of great stuff in here. This one was directed by Michelle McLaren, written by Thomas Schnauz, um, and was first aired on. August the 18th, 2013. Lots of fun stuff to talk about on this one here. And uh, my name is Nick, and uh, the monkey is in the banana patch. And my name is Ben, and I'll give you this, Nick. You're never boring. <laughs> that's blatantly untrue, but that's all right. <laughs> wow. You get a compliment and you take it away straight away. Jeez. Okay. Let's see how it Thanks, is. Thanks. Yeah. No, I'll take it. I'll take it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we talked at the end of the last episode about this being maybe a little bit of a slower episode, but still lots of good stuff here. And, um, yeah, I think probably a little bit of a, uh, a Skylar, not centric, but definitely a bit more of a focus on Skylar on this episode, I think. It's definitely slower, absolutely, but it's still good. Um, and I think kind of uh, great stuff. Uh, obviously, we're Skylar fans, so we can get on board with it. Um, and Anna Gunn is, is amazing. Um, and, yeah, so and I shouldn't just say Anna Gunn. Like, Dean Norris, amazing again. Betsy Brandt's pretty good in this episode. I mean, everyone's good in this episode. It's not like no one's bad in this episode. Even yeah. I can tolerate Lydia this week just because... I don't know. There's just I, I kind of like the Lydia scene this week. Um, so yeah, there's some good stuff, and like I'm actually intrigued because I, I've obviously done my ranking going into this, but like I feel this is an episode that, depending on how we talk about it, I might even bump it up a few spots looking at my list. But we'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's interesting, like going to my Breaking Bad 101 book. I, have, I think I went a whole episode without talking about it last time, but um, this one kind of um, the author really talks about this. Ellen Sepinall talks about this as being like um a big thing about the women on the show he talks about and, and you know obviously Skylar having to make some decisions in this one and um, you know that maybe the women on the show have not always gotten the fair treatment you know that it's a very male centric um, show which is definitely true and talks about I think he said something like the um, the last episode the one we just talked about like I think he said something like 63% of the audience were male um, hmm. which is you know so kind of like often it, it ends up being a male centric show um, and this is one where you know like it's obviously directed by Michelle McLaren, a woman, um, and you know, Skylar's quite central to it, so it's an opportunity for for Anna Gunn to really get involved here. But there's a great line in this book, which I just I, I just had to read to you because I thought you'd really enjoy it. But um, it says there's only a handful of women who get significant speaking roles throughout five seasons: Jane, Lydia, Gretchen, Andrea, Jesse's hooker friend Wendy, <laughs> Saul's secretary Francesca, and maybe Skank. <laughs> who? Maybe Skank. <laughs> Who's yeah. that? 
that's um, Spooge's woman, I think. Oh, right. Spooge's woman, of course. Right. What am I talking about? Um, that's funny. And maybe Skank. <laughs> I think but that's it's, meant to be a joke, but yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting because um, I don't look at this as a show that this is a man show, if you know what I mean. Like, I've, I've never watched Breaking Bad and think, like, this is a, a purely for the men. You know, like, I guess, like, if we're defining shows by gender, like Sex in the City. It's a generally a female show. Like, I like Desperate Housewives, but I even I know that's generally aimed at women. Like, I get it. Like, you have shows which are kind of aimed at a at a gender, but like Breaking Bad to me is just not a show that I've ever looked at going like, oh, this is and like, but it's it's also interesting you say that because yeah, like you analyze it, not the best, you know, speaking but for women, but like I think when the women do the, the women you mentioned, they're, they're powerful enough that you you know who they are. Like, it's like Skylar, like, just you know who she is. Marie, you know who she is. Lydia, you know who she is. You know, Jane, you know, like, you know who they are. Like, it's kind of they're prominent enough characters who are important enough, whereas I would put them, like, if you were to rank the characters of Breaking Bad, you know, they would easily be ahead of a majority of men on this show. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting kind of that that's, yeah, pointed out. Yeah, and I think um, as well they kind of talked about, you know, I'm not a fan of the show, but they kind of talked about um, um, basically Mad Men being, you know, like mm. a, an example of, you know, where the women kind of get overlooked even though or, or get kind of um, the fans don't particularly like them, um, you know, and, and 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 that being a little bit unfair because the male's always the, the jerk, you know. Um, and so well, I just, that was a point, right? That was the, that show. I've never watched it at all, but, like, isn't that a point where, like, it's showing that how bad it was back then that men were just such assholes back in the day, like, you know, in, was it the fifties or the sixties? Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it's just an interesting point as we kind of head into this episode that I think is pretty Skylar centric. But um, it doesn't start with Skylar; it starts with an old man um, who's going to work early in the morning, and um, you know he kind of um, turns the lights on in his car just as he's about to leave, and and um, and, and he sees something, gets out, and it's this big you know wad of money and um it's kind of leads him on this kind of like Hansel and Gretel tour where he's kind of like finding these you know um these stacks of money everywhere and that eventually leads him to um you know to this this kind of park and a playground and um Jesse's kind of lying on this um like merry-go-round or or round whatever you would call that um a carousel and um yeah and kind of just like completely in yeah zombie mode as you kind of talked about before um and and yeah I think it's just kind of setting up that this is where Jesse is in this episode and um really kind of interesting trivia here that Jesse doesn't actually have any speaking lines in this this episode um and coincidentally that means that Brian Cranston's the only person who gets a speaking line in every episode of Breaking Bad um but yeah it's it's also interesting that you know he um you know he has this I think quite a prominent role in this episode but doesn't actually murmur a single word which I think is really interesting um yeah I think the um the kind of the shot of him you know like from uh, you know um above where you're kind of just looking down and I'm lying on this carousel I think is meant to kind of invoke you know that very famous um image of him when he takes the drugs and kind of floats up um but you know I think there's probably been a few kind of famous shots in the show where you know like it's kind of looking down on a character lying kind of face up so it's um you're kind of keeping with the show it's a, it's a really cool shot I hate those things. Can I just say that? I, um, I'm i not a fan of – I'm a wuss. I don't like rides and, and fast things and adrenaline stuff. I, that's why I podcast. Don't really – I get adrenaline enough from this show, clearly. But um, one thing that I hate is I hate being spun around. And uh, I remember – I think I was in, like, high school or something. We went to a park and basically – 
somebody put me on one of these and spun me around really, really fast. And I just, I just, ugh, no, like it's traumatized me forever. I, I just hate being spun around. So if any of my enemies are listening and you want to kidnap me and torture me, fucking put me on one of these things and spin me around. I'll talk. Like I'm just saying. Um, I love this old guy. <laughs> I just love him. Like, what would you do if you woke up tomorrow, got in your car, and all of a sudden there's a wad of like, you know, 10,000 New Zealand dollars. That's about $3 American. Uh, and you'd just be like, oh, sweet. And then all of a sudden you just follow it. Like, would you be honest, Nick? Would you be like, oh, okay. Or like, would you pocket a couple? Like, I got to say, I'd pocket it. I would. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, probably. Probably. I actually, well, having said that, I do remember. Being in the US one time, I think it was like literally the day I had arrived in LA, I'd gotten to my Airbnb and I was like, cool, I'm going to get some food. There's a Macca's nearby. Of course, you're going to go to Macca's. So, like, you ordered some food, sat down in this little, you know, booth. And at this booth in the corner, somebody's wallet had obviously fallen out of their pocket. So, there was a wallet just sitting there in the corner. So, I saw it. And, like, I didn't open or anything, but you could tell there was, like, a fair amount of money in this wallet because American money, like, it was quite thick. So, I'm just like fuck, what do I do? <laughs> like, day one in the US, this money would come in handy. But I'm just like, no, no. So I walked it up to the counter and I was like, hey, just somebody's left their wallet behind. Here it is. And I, I didn't take anything out of it. So um, there you go. I was a good Samaritan that day. So just, <laughs> just, Plus it's America. It's probably FBI watching me or something like that and I would have been deported on day one. Uh, so I love this guy. I love old man River here getting all his cash and um, – yeah, poor Jesse. I didn't realize that. That's a good point you make about like only one who has a speaking line and everything. That's that's very interesting. But um, the one the one shot I do like though is like as you said the overhead shot. But it's kind of like they've got it fixed to rotate the same time as the like that's cool. That's yeah. a cool shot. Um, but uh, yeah, I just fucking hate being spun around. I'll just say that again. It's um yeah, I think it's um quite a simple shot, but it kind of you know works really well, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah, there's not much to it, but it definitely does the job. So yeah, no, it's great. And um yeah, I mean Jesse's um you know got some interesting stuff on this episode considering he doesn't actually speak at all. But uh, yeah, then we kind of get to credits, we come out and we're right back where we started and uh, where we finished the last episode, which is kind of at, at um Hank's place. And um, I love this kind of you know like they you know you hear lots of stuff about Breaking Bad that it has pretensions of being somewhat of a western um you know mm. given its location and things like this and you kind of get the shot of these two guys kind of like you know kind of um marksmen ready to kind of like you know go into a shootout they're kind of like you know pistols drawn at 10 paces type of thing um and i think it's really really effective they kind of just you know eye each other down it's, it's really really cool and um yeah they kind of see you know kind of walt kind of you know goes to his car and then immediately kind of like drives you know like just around the you know the the cul-de-sac basically and then um desperately tries to call skylar and can't reach her can't reach her you know she's already on the phone to somebody else and and then you kind of see um you know what looks back and, and sees that hank's on the phone and and puts two and two together that he's probably on the phone to Skylar already. Um, and, and this is where he kind of like, you know, see him kind of drive back to the, um, the car wash and, and, um, and can't find her and, you know, where is she gone? Um, and, and this is where we kind of have this, this moment where, um, you know, Skylar goes into the, this um, diner and, and kind of meets Hank there and um, kind of have this conversation. And I think even kind of like just the look on each other's faces here is amazing when they kind of meet and get this kind of really, 
like awkward hug, you know, between the two of them. And it's, you know, it's very kind of frosty and, and um, not entirely sure what's going to happen here. Um, and they kind of sit down and, and Hank tries to talk about, you know, what, what her options are from this point and what can you tell me? And um, I think he's fully believing that she's just going to tell him everything he needs to know at this point. And then she kind of breaks out the line of like, I think I'd like to have a lawyer with me. Um, and she gets more and more agitated and basically says, you know, am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? And that's where she kind of gets up and yells and he kind of tries to grab her by the wrist to stop her from going because he desperately wants her to actually admit to something, you know, like he, he needs her to say something in this moment and she refuses to do so. So it's just this moment of, you know, Skylar's going to have to make a decision in this episode and, and um, you can already tell probably where it's going even in this first interaction. Yeah, and... You know, going back to that whole notion of it being a slower episode, um, but, like, it's just the, the slower stuff still is, like, super powerful. Like, even just, like, yeah, the Western sort of thing you were saying there, I love that kind of just the stare down and the car nearly gets crushed again. Poor little kid, his little yellow uh, car <laughs> nearly nearly going again. But, um, yeah, I just love this scene between Hank and Skylar. Like, it's just such an effective scene. And, again, it's kind of like you just think that, like, Hank obviously just assumes she's just going to bow down. And, again, that's why I just love Skylar. Like, it's – and, like – I can imagine the, the Skylar haters are probably, oh, she's so flip-floppy. She wanted to be away. She was a prisoner at the beginning of the season. But now, like, but like, I think it kind of makes sense. You've had that passage of time. She's kind of, you know, like we're seeing that a few times with Skylar where she kind of just gets to a point where she's almost like, I guess, getting used to it in some weird way. Um, and she just doesn't want to bend over and turn over on, on Walt straight away. So I think it's effective. And, and a lot of the stuff I love from like these last few episodes is like, I love the fact that you've kind of got it's Hank and Marie versus Skylar and Walt. Like I just kind of, I love it. Like it's just, it's kind of, it's effective. It's where all the drama comes from. And it's sort of, you realize, I think at this point, how important Marie and Hank have been to this whole storyline. And it's kind of putting up with Marie shoplifting and going to open homes and everything has kind of been like, it's been, it's fine. Cause here we are. Um, it's a big family unit. So yeah, I like, and I just, I just love the setting of just like random diner, uh, you know, I just love the fact that they kind of do this. Um, it's just, yeah, I love it. I think it's really cool. And just, again, Anna Gunn, just the way, you know, she's just like, do I need a lawyer? Do I need a lawyer? And just, you know, and just walks out, I'm under arrest or whatever it is. And yeah, so effective. I love it. And I think kind of like it goes back, we've seen this with Skylar a few times where she knows how to make a scene to yeah. kind of, um, you know, kind of get what she wants. And that goes all the way back to, you know, like when she's kind of pulled over for the shoplifting that that Marie did, you know, um, goes all the way back to that. But even the kind of shut up, shut up, shut up thing that we had a few episodes ago, you know, like it's it's something that's that's been used effectively by Skylar quite often. So, yeah, it, it, it is really good. I think it kind of sets us up really nicely. Um then we go into a scene which is very famous, but uh, probably a little bit frivolous. Um, and um, this is kind of um, Huel and 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 QB, QB, <laughs> however you say his name, um, basically um, have been sent by um, by Saul to kind of transport all of this money um, to get it into some um, barrels and, and put it on a van. Um, and you know, kind of just see that this massive pile of money. And um, this is where you see Huel kind of can't can't help himself; he has to lie down on this money. Um, and it's just like a great moment, isn't it? Like where you kind of and even the way it's framed, you know that it's going to lead to, to 
QB kind of lying down next to him, you know, because they give enough space in the shot for that to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really, really like it. And um, you obviously you know, can get that thing of, you know, what does he say? You know, like we could just, you know, we could just take this money. Um, that's all I'm saying. Mexico, that's right. Yeah, Mexico is all I'm saying. And that's where QB reminds him that this guy managed to get 10 people killed inside a prison within two minutes. So, you know, do they want to take that risk? Um, so yeah, it, it's a great scene. Um, my little uh, cookbook, you might have noticed I've sent you a little message. You but, uh, yeah. but yeah, so there's one one in the cookbook, there's a, you can make um, Huel line on a pile of money cake. So uh, maybe I need to, <laughs> maybe need to get that Can please make that for me for my birthday, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think you the could chocolate probably- Chocolate Huel log, 61% pure. I think you could probably um, cheat a little bit because you could probably get the pre-made kind of chocolate log, couldn't you? Yeah. And uh, is that racist? I don't know, but um, yeah, you. Well, and you could it's a chocolate just... fuel log. It's not racist <laughs> if it's <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's what you're making. <laughs> I mean, not being disrespectful, but you're not going to make a vanilla log for fuel, are you? Like one for no. a QB. So, like, no, that's right. I don't think it's racist. That's right. Um, so, uh, so, so, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a great way to say. You know, I, I do really like it. It's um, you know, it's it's one of those ones that's like I say very frivolous it doesn't really do anything but it is just one of those great images I think of the show it's it's uh, it's a meme as well I've totally seen yeah. it used as a, as, a, as a meme but I just I love the way he was just like I gotta do it man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of and what is he like he was just like oh what are you gonna be like Scrooge McDuck ah oh, screw it uh, <laughs> which I just I love it and like I know we're kind of jumping I'm jumping ahead here when we're gonna get to the barrel scene but like they totally took some. Like this is the thing. Cause, like at the end of the, at the end of the day, like he doesn't know how much is there. So like uh, I mean, I'm sure it's been sold to them that like oh he d-, you know, but like even clearly like at this bit when he's got in the barrels, he's not counting that one by one. So like come on, like y- y- you'd take some. You'd you'd put a couple in your pocket. Just like oh whoopsie, how did this get in there? Oh well. <laughs> Potentially, yes. I think you're probably right. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of we head back to to Saul's office, and they're trying to get hold of um, Jesse and and yeah, basically the, the monkeys in the banana patch. Um, and you know, we need to get hold of get hold of Jesse. Um, and um, and yeah, and this is where Saul kind of suggests, you know, like what we can send send Hank to Belize, which is you know code for we could get him killed. Um, which which. Yeah, is obviously something that um, Walt is dead against his family. Don't ever suggest that ever again, type of thing, which is really good. Um, and and yeah, they're kind of waiting for um, for Huel and and Kubi to turn up the money. Um, and you know, eventually they do in this van. Um, and there's there's seven barrels full of money here, and and you know Walt's Walt's satisfied that it's all there, and and kind of gives him a you know a duffel bag full of money and says you know he'll um, Huel Kubi get paid with this and and um, um, Saul gets his cut, and um, and he's going to be off. So, so yeah, just kind of just kind of setting up that, um, yeah, this this is what's going to happen next, and and then we kind of see Walt kind of goes out into the desert um, to the to, to Hajalev, which is obviously a really important site for um, for the season, and it's it's the first cook site that they had, so it's it's somewhere that he's been before, and um, we see him start to to dig a hole because he's going to bury this money. Just reminds me of. Uh, the castle. Dave dug that was a Dale dug a hole. <laughs> um, also, the episode of The Simpsons where Bart's like, "What are you doing? Digging? Why? Cause?" It's just like, oh, it's funny. Um, yeah, I love this scene with Soul. I just love the whole like go to Belize, and that that is um, I did I watch a a YouTube video or something like connections between Better Call Soul and Breaking Bad that there's like a 
there's an episode or something where we learn more about this whole notion of Belize. Like there's like a, a connection here. I think it was, so like, was didn't he say like, like one of his wives was from Belize or something like that? I thought it was more like code, like in, in Better Call Soul, that there's like a whole thing to do with Belize. Um, yeah, there was, there was, there was definitely some connection and maybe, maybe they do that in Better Call Soul deliberately as a throwback to this scene. Um, so, or where Saul suggests sending Hank to Belize in the movie Drive, Brian Cranton, no, that's got nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah, there's, there's a connection there. I, I, I should have done my research, but anyway, uh, but I, I love that. It's kind of just like a, a cool little moment, but yeah, I love these barrels. Obviously these barrels are going to come pretty important, but even as I'm saying, like they totally took some money because you even just get them having a bit of a look to each other as if to say like, oh yeah, we didn't take any money. What are you talking about? Um, and yeah, this setting, I love kind of the, the desert place. Like, I'm sure that this is a place where Breaking Bad fans can go and visit. Um, like, I don't know if this is in, you know, I'm guessing it's still in New Mexico or they've used this as one of those other places where they film, but it's it's pretty epic. So um, I'm sure that you've had people go there and dig holes to see if there's any money. Um, well, I mean, I, do, I, I don't know if it's a, you know, it's in, in the the fiction of the show it's a you know a, a native american reserve um and uh, and so i don't know if you can visit it i mean i imagine it's you know like new mexico you can go anywhere you know like who's going to stop you basically um which is the whole thing about this that you can kind of hide money in places because you know who's actually ever going to know it was there um so yeah i i imagine that this is probably somewhere you can go it would be quite cool to get a photo there i imagine yeah, so they've got a link on the Breaking Bad wiki. Um, does it say GPS coordinates? Um, oh, oh, they're, well, the GP- they're yeah. not there. That's yeah, for yeah. a studio's lock. Uh, a lot. Yes. Um, the filming location used for the first clock and where Walt buried his money was a side of Trail 7089 around one mile west from Cano, Canoncito, Canoncito. So there you go. Uh, you can go there, and if you click on the link on Breaking Bad Wiki, it takes you to the Google map of this place. So you can go there. Uh, it looks like it is quite a fair distance. Oh, very far distance. Where is it even hell is Albuquerque? Uh, not that far. So if you were to go there. Sorry, this is great podcasting. If you were to go to that point from Albuquerque, it would take you a 42-minute drive. So there you go, <laughs> not that far at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it's um you know it's one of those things where it would be really really cool to go there because it's you know obviously it's not just the scene it's it's scenes from from yeah. season one but um but yeah obviously the big one that we're going to get um in a few episodes time which we'll uh, we'll definitely get to when we get there um but yeah um so we we kind of see him starting to dig that hole and we come back and, and get this you know, a really hard scene to watch, but amazing scene, which is basically kind of, um, you know, Skylar's at home and, and she's trying to get hold of, of um, Walt, doesn't know where he's gone. Um, and, and this is where we see kind of Marie comes over and um, and is trying to get the truth out of here at this point. And, and um, yeah, Skylar's a little bit more forthcoming here, not in terms of giving information, but she kind of, you know, with her silence, she lets Marie fill in the gaps, I suppose. Um, and she kind of, you know, breaks down a little bit um, and, and, you know, basically kind of gets the information that you know she's known for such a long period of time that actually this money has paid for hank's treatment you know like that's and that's a big reveal for for marie and it will be a big deal for hank when he finds out as well um and then we kind of get this kind of very um kind of 
you know, emotional argument, basically, where kind of, um, you know, Marie picks up Holly and is going to take Holly and, um, and, and you know, they, this kind of, you know, yelling, screaming match, whatever you might want to call it, and the baby's really upset, and um, and eventually kind of Hank comes in and tells Marie, you know, you've got to you've got to leave the baby here, you can't take the baby, um, and you know, it's um, it, it, it's really quite an effective scene. I think it's it's really really interesting that um, we don't get the scene. It's it's off screen, obviously, where Hank tells Marie because obviously Marie knows at this point. And we, we don't get that scene, which I think is a really interesting narrative decision that we don't we don't get to see Hank tell Marie. Um, but yeah, I think this is yeah, it's one of those scenes, and there's going to be a few of them as we go through the second half of, of this season where it, it, it's gripping to watch, but it's also very difficult to watch. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I've I've marked this down as a potential top five. Again, probably won't make it. We've got too many other better ones, but I yeah, I think it's. It's powerful. It's kind of like it's just, um, you know, again, it's one of these things I said last week about how you want to see this happen. You kind of want to see the moment where Hank and Walt get confronted about this. So you want to kind of see Marie and Skylar get confronted about this too, everyone sort of finding out really. Um, and just, just this whole sequence where Marie's kind of putting it all together about everything and just Skylar apologising and then just the slap. It's like, holy fuck. Like, uh, and then, yeah, just like as you said, it's sort of difficult to watch her basically like trying to take the baby away. Uh, and ultimately, we're going to get an even more famous scene around something like this later on in the season. But um, yeah, it's it's effective. And just there's something about Hank and like Dean Norris, how he's just kind of resigned, isn't he? The way he's just kind of like Marino, like just like Lever, um, like kind of just it, you. It's it's just as I'm saying, like I love this build up that these guys are all against each other at this point on, and it's kind of just again, like I questioned last week, why doesn't Hank just arrest him? But uh, clearly, as you said, like he's gonna pieces together and we're going to get a scene in this episode where he's basically explaining to Marie about like this is going to be the last thing I ever do so um yeah it's it's so powerful very effective yeah and it's you know like I think it's um just a testament to how tight this family has been and and it's kind of you know you kind of forget that you know what Walt's been doing all this time of like you know he's got a DEA brother-in-law and but he's still very tight with that brother-in-law you know they've been very tight from the beginning they've been a you know a real family unit here and and you know like if this was to happen to any family um this would be horrifying and you know Skylar and, and Maria obviously blood relatives and so this is this is a big deal you know like that that it's a, it's a horrible thing to have happened. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's. Um, I, I I agree. I absolutely love the the kind of the dynamic between um, you know the family and and them being torn apart. And I think that you know one of the the scenes we get in the next episode at the at the restaurant is is amazing. You know, so um, yeah. Really, really good stuff. Um, we go back to Walt, who's um, finishes up uh, burying the, uh, the the barrels, and um, we see him kind of check out the GPS coordinates, and he kind of commits them to memory, which is quite impressive. I don't think I could do that. Um, and we see him kind of break the GPS things so that it can't be can't be found out later on. And then we kind of get the smash cut to the the lottery ticket, which he's bought deliberately with the coordinate numbers on it, um, which is going to be yeah, very, very clever. Yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, we kind of we um, we kind of see that we see him come home and he's kind of covered in dirt, obviously, and and um, you know um, Skylar's all worried about him, and um, and and yeah, we kind of she kind of follows him to, to the bathroom, and um, you know she says that Hank she didn't tell Hank anything, and and you know she's she's kind of a bit surprised I think that he's not as 
you know, he's not as um, worried about the Hank situation as, as she is. And it's obviously just because he's exhausted. We see him kind of stripped down. We see some tiny whiteys again <laughs> um, to two and two episodes. I think they're just trying to shove it in our face literally at the moment. <laughs> um, and um, and then we kind of just see him collapse on the bathroom. Um and um, you know, we, I think it's like we say four or five hours later, he kind of wakes up and and um, and basically this is um, you know I think this is where he tells her, isn't it, that um, that the cancer's back and um, and he there's that great line where he kind of says, are you, are you happy about that? And she says, I can't remember the last time I was happy, um, which I think is a, a really effective line. And and then she kind of basically says that you know. Um, he, he says that he'll turn himself in if she keeps the money. That's his condition for turning himself in because it will have all been, you know, won't have been worth it if um, the money doesn't keep there. And she makes that point of, you know, you, you don't turn yourself in without the money. You know, that's the that's the part that's important here. And um, basically, she doesn't think that Hank has anything just as suspicion. So maybe the best thing to do is to, um, you know, is to stay quiet, basically. So, this is kind of, I think, really just reinforcing at the moment that Skylar is on board with Walt here. And I think, you know, the the scene that we've just seen with, um, you know, particularly with Holly in the middle of that is that, she, you know, Skylar's motivation is to try and keep her family together at this point. You know, whatever she can do to try and keep that family unit together, she's going to be on board with Walt at this point. Yeah, and I I like it because, again, it's sort of, We've seen them all against each other so much this season, and then ultimately she's come around. And um, yeah, I just I just kind of like the the way it sort of starts when you know he's yeah very clever with the coordinates on the fridge and the lottery ticket, and then ultimately just like goes to collapsing, which is just kind of you know I'd I'd love to see how they did that scene like with Brian Cranston. Like I'm guessing there's a you know a, a nice little cutaway there, which it, does, it doesn't really seem like there is a cutaway of him just going flop on the floor, but. Uh, There'll be a way of doing it. But, um, yeah, it's a nice little scene between the two of them. And I just love that line from Skylar where she's just like, I can't remember the last time I was happy. It's just like, wow, okay. Um, but, yeah, like, ultimately, these moments where you feel like you've got Walter White here, right, instead of Heisenberg, just kind of is, you know, I keep the money. Uh, I, I want it to uh, not go to waste. So, yeah. I think um, it would have been, an, uh, can you imagine if they ended this by, like, that lotto ticket wins $80 million. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lost. You use the numbers or something like that and they're cursed or something along those lines. Um, yeah. And and so um, we, we kind of get this next scene now, which you might have to help me understand this because I get a bit confused, I must say, with, with everything that's going on here, um, which is basically that we've kind of got uh, – we're in – we're in the desert here, and um, and Lydia's been been brought in here, um, and so this is basically Declan. She's here to meet Declan, um, and and she's not happy with the you know the, the quality of the product that he's creating here. Um, I'm still not entirely. Yeah, it just seems very risky for Lydia to have come out to this location here, but maybe she saw that that was her only way of actually having a conversation with this. These are the things that confuse me a wee bit about this, um, and. Um, basically she wants to see the operation and so basically we see that there's this bus that's been buried under the ground which is where they're cooking out of and um, she gets taken you know underneath by Declan to kind of um, have a look at this she's very unimpressed with the conditions that it's filthy and unsanitary and and all that kind of stuff and um, then I think you know Declan kind of gets this you know 
hey, we've got a problem, kind of come come up here. And um, there's, you know, she's just, we, we just, we see it from Lydia's perspective that, you know, she can hear there's this shootout happening. And um, we kind of see some bullets kind of falling through the, the extractor fan or whatever it is, which is, um, which is a pretty cool way of kind of showing that. And, um, and, and then kind of, you know, when it's all over, we kind of see the door open and um, Todd's there and just seeing if she's okay. And Todd kind of guides her out and, and she doesn't want to see what's happened. So we kind of see her kind of like closing her eyes and covering her eyes so she doesn't see anything. Um, and he kind of guides her, you know, around these dead bodies from this big shootout here. And, and um, so we see Uncle Jack, you know, kind of dealing to Declan, who's actually still alive and you know, kind of crawling away and, and um, Jack finishes him off. Um, and... Um, and, and and yeah, so it's kind of just the setup that um, you know these um, this gang has has taken over the the Declan operation that we've got kind of going on here. So um, yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I get the point of what's going on here. It just feels like I, I just feel like they, we could have had a couple of scenes leading into this maybe in the last episode to kind of get us to this point. It feels like it kind of arrives out of nowhere, but I guess it's basically just giving us the point that you know the neo Nazis are now in control of that. Um, that operation right that's that's the thing we need to know from this yeah and i think that's just the point like i think we mentioned last week about how you know since heisenberg is not doing this anymore it's dropped down to like 68 percent or whatever and i think like you get this line from declan when you know why lydia says like why aren't you using todd like he got it up to 70 whatever percent he learned from whatever and i just kind of like how declan's like oh on his third cook he started a fire so like i think Declan's just a bit stubborn, just, you know, he kind of has his own, you know, whatever, and Heisenberg's gone, so he's just going to go back to what he was doing. Um, and clearly a lot of this comes down to, I think it's the Czech Republic basically are pissed off about this. So it just kind of, it's that like, this is where I kind of like this Lydia scene because, you know, clearly she's a bit of a, I don't call her a badass, but like, you know, she'll do whatever. I mean, clearly we saw that earlier on this season when she was willing to like kill Mike and everybody else off, right? Like she's covering her own ass and making sure things are done properly. Um, so just the fact that she's basically done this to be like, Hey, you're going to fix this. No, cool. Well, you're all going to die. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's just, it's just set up, isn't it? That we can have the neo-Nazis basically, um, being the big bad as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I like, I, I like this cause I just, I love the way it is from Lydia's perspective. I love this yeah. kind of sequence where you've got her hiding in this bus covering her ears and you just hear the shot. And like, again, like creepy Todd, just like, yeah. This is what I well, love is- about Todd. He's just kind of like, oh, it's okay, man. Yep, yep, well, cover your eyes, I guess. And then just kind of like gradually, and then you're like, bang, oh, sorry about that. Like, it's just, because even Lydia's just like, I don't want to see. Um, it's just, yeah, he's just such think- an interesting character, Todd. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is kind of where we get the kind of, um, you know, the the seeds of, of kind of Todd really liking Lydia, which is something that's going to be, you know, a part of the, the, you know, the last few episodes here, which just kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, yeah, I've got no problems with that. I, I think it just it, it just confused me a bit. It felt like it was just missing a bit of context it, to kind of get us from A to B. But, but it, you know, not a, not a massive complaint. It just it feels like it just comes a little bit out of nowhere. I, but I, I, I would think- agree. I, I, I would almost argue you could put this last week. You could put this episode, this scene in last week's episode. Um, because yeah. like I guess, but like yeah, like I guess at the end of the day, you've got to kind of have explanation as to why these guys are cooking and it clear. Like yeah, like I think you mentioned last week about how you know this operation is still obviously going without Walt, um, and it's got to be explained somehow. But um, yeah, like they they probably could have done they they, they could have been, but I, I'm fine with it. I think it kind of works still. Yeah. Um. And 
I, I totally agree. Like kind of seeing it from Lydia's perspective makes it a bit, a bit different. There's a, there's a bit of a trivia point here where Michelle McLaren talks about that there was, you know, initially they thought about showing this as a big shootout, you know, that they would actually show the kind of gunfire from top and, and whereas the way it kind of presents to me is it's almost like a massacre, you know, like actually kind of Jack's gang rolls in and just kills everybody. Um, and I think that probably that's not as interesting to see. And so I think you know, that, that decision to show it from Lydia's perspective is a, a point of difference that I really, really enjoy. Um, so yeah, it's from, from that perspective, I definitely like the choice to, of how to present it, even if I'm a bit confused by the scene itself. But uh, yeah, then we kind of um, kind of close out this episode with a couple of scenes here where we're at uh, the Schrader house and, and, um, Marie's kind of talking to Hank about, you know, like you've you've got to tell the DEA about this. That you know, obviously he's been keeping this to himself at this point, and and um, you know, like you need to get their help to do this. And and he says, you know, kind of just re reiterating that point that once he does that, his career's over. Um, because you know he basically let this guy sit under his nose the whole time and he hasn't noticed anything. So he, you know, he has to go in there with proof, not suspicions. Um, and and so yeah, that's what he's going to do. And and but she kind of she kind of talks him into you know you've got to you've got to tell them. And so kind of see him at work and he kind of goes in and this is where we see Gomi kind of says, um, you know, like um, basically we've got your, your favorite Jesse Pinkman is here. Um, and um, I do love this. I did kind of make a note about like, um, I think Hank says something about, oh yeah, I'll go and see him. Can you push my appointments or something? It's like, why is Gomi acting as a secretary? He's got a secretary. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, it's pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, then we kind of see kind of Jesse in custody with these two cops that we've seen before. So these are these are APD, aren't they? As opposed to DEA, yeah, yeah. and um, and basically they're just being um, these douchebag kind of cops um, trying to get them to talk. And, and as we mentioned earlier, Jesse literally says nothing the whole time. Um, and um, then they kind of um, they kind of step out and um, and Hanks there and Hanks says, oh, you know, look, I've got a bit of a history with this guy. I might be able to get him to talk, um, you know, get him rolled up and then bring him and you and you guys can kind of have him. And um, and they agree to that. And uh, the episode kind of ends with with Hanks stepping into the interrogation room, which I can imagine in real time would have been, you know, a hell of a hook. You would have been like, oh my god, what's going to be said here? You know, so um, I think it's an effective way to end the episode, even if it's not a, um, you know it's not a flashy end it's just a, a very kind of functional end but i think it's a it's a good one to kind of get you get you amped up for what's going to happen next yeah and i like i love the scene with hank and marie and kind of like as you alluded to just the whole like this is going to be the end of my career like you know it's it's he's got to do it right and then um yeah i just kind of i, I love these i love these cops um the, the apd guys like because we saw them what at the end of last season didn't we with the whole ricin thing with with jesse uh, i just kind of like these i kind of want to see a spin-off of the apd like you know kind of see them yeah, like a buddy cop sort of thing these guys just are kind of cool and they like they seem like nice guys because even when hank's just kind of like hey like let me have a chat with him we've got some history and i'll give you all the information they're just like yeah okay like because generally we always see in these type of shows that federal law enforcement and just the normal law enforcement are always at each other's throats right they're never just working together but um yeah like it's kind of it is a, an interesting hook like definitely not as flashy as we will get but um i still like it like it's just kind of because i again i'm a fan of zombie jesse for the rest of this season and i kind of like this storyline that him and hank kind of buried the hatchet so to speak and kind of you just yeah like it's kind of 
And I, I, I'd love to know, like, was this an unpopular storyline about Jesse, let's be honest, being a snitch? Um, like, I, I don't know if people, I feel people probably would hate that. But um, I kind of think it works. I really think it works. That that would make sense for Jesse's character. What else would he do? Um, so, yeah, I, I like I, I think it's it's definitely one of these endings that serves better when you know what happens afterwards. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of like the walls slowly closing in here, and and I think that that's that's really effective. So yeah, no, I I really enjoy the end of this episode, and um, kind of gets me amped up for for what we're going to get next. So which is what a, a good episode should close with, right? So yeah, I mean, great great ending to what I think is a really good episode. Um, like we talked about last time, maybe not quite the heights of last week, but I actually think it's quite a it zips along right you know like everything kind of just keeps moving and i think that's one thing i really like is the 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 kind of the pace of this the second half of season five i think they do a really good job and and um you know we kind of move from scene to scene pretty effectively um and yeah i i I really enjoyed kind of what we've got in this so um yeah i mean um i'll I'll let you do the honors first and and talk about uh, if it's going to be a buy a rent or a bin for you and uh then i'll go next it's uh definitely is a buy uh, absolutely. Uh, like I enjoy this episode. I think there's a lot in it. I mean, potential top five scene. Um, Skylar's great. Uh, just there's just so much good about this episode. Um, so it's a buy from me. I've got this. I don't know if this is low or not, but I've got this at thirty four. Uh, so just below a no rough stuff type deal and above. Down. I think like it just I was looking at all the episodes around it and I'm just kind of like well I like that episode I like that episode I like that episode and like again this is a good episode um but I'm just like is it better than that? like if I'm just going to put on an episode of Breaking Bad like this isn't one I feel you can watch out of context like it's kind of you need to watch it. and it, but again it's still a good episode so um yeah I've got it at 34 uh, which I will just point out um, with what we've only got six more episodes to go. So the lowest can go is 40, basically. Um, the ringer has it at 52, which I think is a little bit low. I don't know if it's that sort of low. That would be in the rent category right now. What do I have at 52? I've got uh, over, which is a rent. So, um, yeah, even if you looked at uh, 46 buyout, which is a rent. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good position. I think that's why I ranked it there, but I don't think this is an episode that should be that low. But anyway, that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, well, it's a buy from me as well. Um, 21. Got, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got similar thoughts to you, but um, I think probably I had this a little bit higher and just in our conversations, I've just ducked it down because there's a couple of episodes I had above and when I look at them, I think actually I like those episodes better than this one, which were Bags in the River and um, Hermanos were both below this in my initial take and now that we've kind of talked it through I think yeah I, I probably like those episodes more than this one um, but I've got this just above Live Free or Die which was season 5 episode 1 um, you know like a, a bit of a spoiler alert but you know like my next couple of episodes um, uh, in and around the same area I think it's a really kind of consistent um, kind of first 4 or 5 episodes of the season they kind of all feel well, 4 I'll say the first 4 episodes all feel of a very similar quality to me really like the kind of in and around that same space they're building great story but also great tension some great moments i think we're going to have a lot of kind of um nominees for the top five um yeah. within these um so so yeah it's not like they're they're bad at all um so yeah i think um sorry i'm 
I've got a couple that I've already watched and chucked in my rank, ra- ranking, so I'm just trying to kind of look past there. But I think I've got it at 17 um, when I take out the ones um, that may or may not be above it at the moment, and and that might change based on our conversation. So I've probably got it. Well, I've got it um, half as high as you again, haven't I? So, um, but but yeah, it's to me, it's it's a great episode. I, to be honest, I don't think it's going to end up in the top 20 by the time we finish this. Um, so what number do you have it? Sorry, it. I've got it. I've got it at 17. Oh, wow. um, long way ahead of mine yeah okay. yeah but but like i say i think it's you know it's not going to make top 20 by the time we get here which is probably tipping my hand to what i think of the rest of the season but um i don't think that'll be a surprise to anybody that's listened along this far yeah yeah and look you know for the most part i think we've had some discrepancies in a lot and again so i don't dislike this episode at all i just i think i like the 34 above it a lot better I think you, you make a really good point. It's a, it's a difficult one to watch out of context, um, you know, which, which you know, like when, when you're kind of however many episodes we're into this by now is probably, a, you know, like, of course, you, you're going to have to watch the other 50 episodes before you get to this. Um, but there are some episodes that you can sit down and go, I just want to watch an episode of Breaking Bad tonight. What, what should I watch? And you might yeah. really enjoy a certain episode without having to go, what, what happened that episode before? You know, so it's probably not one that you would get super excited to sit down and watch without having to watch the others but then it's one of those ones where i might go okay watch that one i'm going to go straight into confessions you know like that might be what i do next so it it would be one that kind of hooks you and keeps you moving as well which would be my defense of it too yeah no i agree and i think that um i like what you said about how kind of moving forward they're not really a whole lot where it's going to be like I, i i can't see any uh bins i mean i've only had one bin you've not binned anything i mean you you're very much on a chance of a perfect season here for you with your buys and you're 21 in a row but um yeah i mean knowing what's to come i think there's uh plenty to to keep us occupied and excited because we've only got what six more episodes to go uh, in terms of the show we've got el camino i'm not saying six more episodes of this we've still got a couple of recaps and things to do around it but uh, six more actual episodes of of breaking bad to go Mm. Yeah, and um, the one thing I didn't talk about was any of the trivia because I think we kind of integrated it into the discussion we as did, we yeah. went, really. Um, the one thing I did just want to say is I've been kind of watching this kind of great um, documentary which kind of breaks it down episode by episode. Um, and um, the one for this one, I loved the bit where they were kind of showing the um, filming of the in the bus, you know, that they actually had this bus that they'd brought onto a onto a lot and kind of cut the front off it so they could get the – and you see a lot of the shots are from the front of the bus looking down um, mm. because that's where they had the cut and they kind of cut away the front of the bus so that they could put the the camera at the front like that and um yeah it's just really cool kind of seeing this massive bus like inside a, a film set nice i like I'll, I'll be completely honest with you i mean looking at the scene i can see that it's a bus but i don't think i ever realized it was a bus until yeah. you said in this bus and then you're yeah. looking like oh yeah it's a bus like duh. Yeah. Uh, i just yeah. thought it was just some sort of tank or something they put under the ground but yeah yeah and i think it speaks to you know like i think wherever possible they've tried to do kind of physical elements to the show which i think makes it really good i mean there's obvious moments where they have to use cgi you know face off and, and all that kind of stuff but um i think in general you know the kind of physicalness of the show really kind of comes through yeah no absolutely i i agree and um, that kind of moves us into Confessions, which is a, a fun episode, I think. Um, you know, like I say, I think quite a consistent quality with, with what we've just seen. Um, and obviously, the, the, you know, the, the, the title of it being, um, being what it is, it, you know, it, it being centred around a, a confession tape, which is, which is really fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, I think just watching the kind of machinations of this kind of cat and mouse game between these two guys is, is, is really, really fun. Um, I, I, 
I remember not liking how this episode ends when I used to watch the show and, and now kind of watching it for this rewatch. I love the ending of this episode. It's probably one of my favorite scenes. Um, is, it the, you know, is it the gasoline scene? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And, and I think just kind of Jesse, you know, piecing things together is um, again, like it's another one of those scenes that is great to watch, but also hard to watch if you know what i mean like um mm. it, it's kind of hard to see that emotion but um but yeah it's it, it's another great scene another another fun episode to talk through so looking forward to getting there yeah i'm with you i and i think like again i just keep mentioning zombie jesse but just like angry zombie jesse and just kind of when he pieces things and like you just you really feel for him and this is where like i would love to learn um you know were the fans very anti jesse at this point with what he does but you just kind of you understand why he does because like, I just, again, as I said before, I think it just makes sense for his character. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Jesse finally speaking next week, uh, <laughs> a week off from speaking for Aaron Paul, which again, I don't know how much he was getting an episode on breaking bad, but I mean, probably the easiest money he ever made uh, was on this episode. If you're just laying on a freaking roundabout and sitting in an interrogation room. So I mean, God, I'd, I, I would gladly make that amount of money if I'm not like, if I didn't get paid to talk, I mean, people, there's something people probably want, like me not to talk, like pay me not to talk and I won't talk. So, so that'd be our next, uh, our next Patreon campaign. Yeah. Don't shut Ben up. We'll pay you. Like that's, that's what you need. Like all these people sitting there going, oh God, if only this guy would shut up, we'd sign up to his Patreon. Oh, he's saying it now. Here you go. Money, money, money. Done. <laughs> well, um, we've still got a bit of talking to go yet, but uh, that'll, that'll wait for another day. Um, you know, like and follow us in all the usual spaces. Um, check out the other stuff that we've got going on on the Oz Network. There's always something new and interesting happening um, on the podcast, so uh, make sure you're checking it out. Um, but until next time, when we come back for confessions, um, we will say goodbye for now. My name is Nick, and uh, I didn't know you had balls. And my name is Ben, and I've got a bladder the size of a hot water bottle. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir. yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)